Michael Sebastian, and over the years I've explored many spiritual paths. But it was a strange encounter that started my journey on maybe the oldest of all, the path of the Druid. It's an early summer morning. The grass here is soaking and I'm avoiding the stinging nettles with my bare feet. I'm in the Cotswold Hills in the west of England and I've brought you here to share my Druid's tale. Because it all began here, when I was invited on a mystic journey by a pine tree. Yep, you heard that right. I've walked across this patch of land for years and it's always felt incredibly familiar to me, almost like I had some past life here. If I did, I doubt the place has changed that much. The the local village I can see down there in the valley was featured in the Doomsday Book. I, I can see a tithe barn, there's miners' cottages and the hills are sliced by sheep tracks with high stone walls called drungways. There's a spiritual history around here too. Within 30 miles you'll find burial sites, long barrows, the great stone circles of Avebury and Stonehenge, and of course Glastonbury, the Isle of Avalon. And 30 miles over there to the west, well, basically you've got the whole of Wales, which is fairly drenched in druidry. Now I'm not saying that these hills are alive with the sound of druids, but over the centuries there has certainly been plenty of spiritual activity around these parts. So last year I decided to start walking this piece of land barefoot, just to try and find out what my own connection to it might be. To be honest, I wasn't expecting much. Bit of a laugh, really. But looking back, it proved more significant than I could ever have imagined. So on one of these walks, there's a thud, and something hits the ground right beside me. A pine cone has dropped from a tree at the edge of a copse. Well, no surprises there, that's kind of what pine trees do. I pick it up, and unusually when I look at the tree I feel drawn to put my hands on the trunk. But everything's so overgrown, I'm going to have to go around the other side. And here I find the grove. Like discovering Narnia, I realise that Pine and its neighbour are making a doorway into two concentric rings of trees. I've been here a hundred times, but I've never seen this before. There's an inner ring, where the trees are set exactly two paces apart, definitely planted that way. And even if this grove was nothing more than a bit of landscaping, it's somehow easy to imagine it having a spiritual connection. Or being used again. I mean... I'd come here. It's really peaceful. But of course that poses a question. What do you actually do with a sacred grove? So a short while later I'm back at my desk and I'm wondering who knows about that kind of thing. Let's try Google. Sacred Grove Management. Mm -hmm. Nope, nothing there. Groves for dummies. Nope. There's only one answer, of course. Druids. I need to know what they know. Something else I didn't know was that I'd just had my first lesson in druidry. 
I'd walked this land for 30 years, but totally failed to see something obvious that was right there in front of my eyes. And I found out much later that this sums up Druidry better than anything else. At its heart, it's really just a search for the unseen, the inner world of spirit, the energies which Druids call Nuifre and Arwen. And when we touch that hidden world, when our fingers are actually allowed to push through that veil and we find it tearing apart for us, the world we thought we knew is forever changed. I went into those bushes looking for a pine tree, but I came out having discovered a new aspect of me, a person who, like my grove, had been hidden in plain sight. And the more I learned about modern druidry and also the bardic path which is closely linked with it, the more I realised that for virtually the whole of my life i have been living the druid way without even knowing. In this podcast, I'm going to share my take on some of those ideas, beliefs and practices. And to help me, I've brought along my little sister, Elizabeth, who I've always suspected was born to be a bard. Or is it a bardette? Anyway, living in Wales, she's pretty clued up about druids too. Like me, she's been doing the spiritual thing since we were kids. We're beginning this journey with two voices two instruments, our travelling bags filled with our experiences, and we'll be following the whisper of that mystical force, Arwen, the creative inspiration of the universe. Walk the land and hear my story, prepare the soil of your heart for seed, time is short. And the earth is calling, and if change you seek, then changed you must be. So Elizabeth, Wales is druid land, isn't it? It's kind of like Bard Central, and I guess that singing and spirituality and nature kind of all goes together over there, doesn't it? It's the land of song, yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. Um, the language is designed to sing. It's softened, um, yeah. you know, the consonants are softened yeah. so yeah. that the sentences flow and they sing song up and down. So I think there must be that um, deeper kind of understanding of singing and singing collectively and, of course, the folk singing um, and religious revivals, druidry, connection with nature, spirituality. It's all there, isn't it? It's underlying there yeah. even still because it comes through in the music, the song, the feeling, the softness, the heartfulness that you can feel when you're, you're in Wales. So all of this began with me prancing around the countryside barefoot because I, I somehow got the idea that it would connect me more with the earth, you know. And um, <laughs> I, it occurred to me that you often do the barefoot thing, don't you, when you sing. Yeah. The other day I thought, does that actually help you to sing more spiritually, <laughs> doing that? Is, <laughs> You're is asking that me questions I've not thought of, but actually, yeah, I tend to take my shoes off when I'm in a space that requires a spiritual connection from me and I would sing without my shoes on for sure 
I might have socks on if it's cold. <laughs> what, about, but, what about nail polish? Does that <laughs> does that inhibit the uh, energy, or do you do it in chakra colors on each toe or something like that? I think I need start? to to experiment. But, but my point is this: we've got a gig coming up in London in a couple of weeks. Um, That's right. Yeah. Uh, I am. I'm going to try playing barefoot okay uh like we're at woodstock or something what do you reckon will that make you more spiritual well to be honest when we get there um everybody takes their shoes off before we go into the hall so so you'll already be there it will be curmudgeonly not to wouldn't we yeah (laughs) we 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 need gigs in places with underfloor heating i think that's that would be perfect (laughs) wouldn't it yeah nice wooden floor promoters listening if if you're going to book a druid or a bar then definitely A week after my discovery, and I've been hard at work researching druids. I actually have a picture growing in my mind now of what they're about, and it all seems pretty relevant, particularly the environmental side. And I'm also imagining a few druid doings going on inside that circle of trees I found, probably with bare feet. I wonder what the trees will make of a rookie Gandalf tripping about the place. But on the other hand, I didn't exactly crash this party, did I? I was invited to the grove by that pinecone sitting on my desk and slowly opening up in the warmth of the room. I think that proves I'm on the guest list. Now, you might be wondering why I'm getting so excited about all of this, but there is something you don't know yet. Just at the time I stumbled across the grove, I was looking for something to reboot my spiritual life a bit. Now, most of the time, spiritual awakening happens piece by piece throughout our lives. You open up slowly, much like the pinecones doing on the desk. But occasionally you get that road to Damascus energy bomb when some realisation knocks on the door and you suddenly have to re-evaluate everything. And that's what I'm looking for now. I actually want the Chuck Norris of spiritual experiences. Now, that might be setting the bar pretty high, but I think the universe can handle it. And that's why I'm so excited, because who knows, the discovery of this grove might just have come along at the right time. Maybe it's part of some big awakening answer. What I do know is that my pinecone certainly fits in with something else I'm doing. Nothing to do with druids. At least, I thought it wasn't. It so happens that right at this time, my little sister has persuaded me to go to a Shabir, which is a gathering. It's, it's actually seven days with a guru from Gujarat that she knows, a, a guy I met a few years ago. It's designed to awaken you a bit more spiritually. You know, tickle your third eye and all that kind of stuff. Speaking of which, as I'm doing my research, I make a discovery. The pine cone and the pine tree get their names from the Latin pinea, the words from which we get pineal gland. Well, in some metaphysical circles, the pineal gland is associated with the Ajna chakra, better known as, yep, the third eye. In fact, to some people, the pine cone is a symbol of spiritual awakening. Like the pinecone on my desk that's looking up at me smugly as I'm recording this. You know, the one that dropped right at my feet. What was it that guy on the A-team used to say? You know, I, I love it when strands come together. Well, oh, something like that anyway. But I am beginning to think that that pine tree had a hidden agenda. Bring me a cone 
from the black pine tree that I may the future see. be continuing our journey when the new series starts. So as you don't miss it, why not hit follow for the show right now and give us a rating if you fancy, or even a review. You'll always find links to our sites and social and music in the show notes. Until then, stay safe and just druid. Druid.